All right, guys, welcome back to the second episode of our King of the Hammers update. Um, we already told you about Boss Man's trip out and what he experienced. Um, now I'm going to tell you about both my and Jason's experience. And we got Dylan sitting over here. Hopefully he'll chime in a little bit. So say hi, Dylan. How's it going? Very good. What's going on? And uh, so basically our trip was very smooth sailing for the most part. Um, I kind of joked during KOH prep that I was in the best position out of anybody because we were kind of talking about potential issues that may arise. And I said, I've kind of got the best position because you guys get to, you know, acid test everything on the way out. And all I got to do is drive it home after you've already had all the, hopefully all the major failures taken care of. So, um, we had some of those apparently and got through them. So it was just up to Jason and I and Dylan to fly out. And uh, as Nate says, we are second shift desert rats. So, um, <laughs> so we, uh, we start our journey this morning at about two o'clock, got up and got ready to go. And, uh, Cody's guy, Steve, was gracious enough to give us a ride down to St. Louis to the airport. Did he fall asleep on the way there this time? He did not. He did, did not. He um, only wrecked about at least one time. Um, there was only one sketchy situation. <laughs> Jason, on the way uh, into the airport, he was like, man, that was pretty sketchy. There was some construction in St. Louis that the lane shifted, and he didn't really realize it. And we kind of crossed the line, and like, he was like, oh, and jerked the wheel. Like last minute, like just jerked the wheel. <laughs> I was like, I about crapped my pants. I was like, oh, shit. So Jason was a little concerned about that. He's walking into the airport. We're talking about it. And I was like, it's fine. Steve's only wrecked like twice this year. And he's like, and he's like oh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it's only one month into the year. So, uh, um, obviously got to the airport fairly uneventfully, only missed the turn one time because he doesn't use GPS. He just memorizes the route. That is exactly right. Uh, he, and if uh, he does use GPS, you got to put it in his phone for him so he, he can get that. Get he, there. On the way, he told us about stopping at the gas station in Effingham and uh, some uh, little old lady was coming from Decatur and was going to Florida was going to, I don't know, somewhere down in Florida, and she had left the day before and only made it to Effingham from Decatur, and <laughs> she had gone to Vandalia and Pena and just couldn't figure out how to get to Florida. So Steve, of all people, set her straight. <laughs> Apparently, oh, you go to the, this this road, this road, gave her all the map quest directions from memory. Oh. So that poor lady's probably lost bigger than last year's Easter egg right now. That's probably Steve's <laughs> new girlfriend. <laughs> it could be Steve's new girlfriend. Somewhere down in Nashville, <laughs> Illinois tonight. <laughs> so anyway... Um, we get through security and well, we get, you, sh you should say that you got your, uh, your bag checked. Uh, <laughs> Nate says she's in on in Ontario, Canada, uh, or California. Not sure which one. Um, no. So I had to get some last minute stuff on Thursday or Friday night from the shop that, uh, either got forgotten or needed taken out to lake bed, put it in my carry on. And it went through the scanners, and the guy held, held up the bag. Is this your bag? Whose bag is this? I said, it's mine. And he was all worried. Is anything in here going to hurt me? You know, with all the TSA stuff. I said, well, 
I mean, there's a jacket and some pants and like an electric razor. I mean, no, nothing's going to hurt you. So he gets into my stash of razor parts, basically, and he's going through it and looking at it like not sure what he's looking at. And he holds up a set of lug nuts that I had gotten on Friday night. And he was staring at him all wacky, like, what is this? What is this? And in his defense on the x-ray thing, it looked like a whole box of bullets is what it looked like on the x-ray. And I was like, relax, they're just lug nuts, no big deal. So he lets me go. There's a 10-millimeter wrench in there. He had to make sure it was under a certain <laughs> inches long. Um, there was one that was dropped out here on the lake bed by Nate, and uh, it needed warrantied. <laughs> so... Me being the uh, go-to tool man, I got him all fixed up. So we got uh, got boarded on the plane, you know, ready to go to King of the Hammers. It's, you know, 5.20 in the morning. Um, didn't really have time to get a breakfast or anything in. It was a little too early for that for me. And uh, the uh, pilot comes over the intercom and he says, I'm sorry it's cold in here. Our APU uh, isn't working. Okay, no big deal. And uh, a little bit later, I'm sorry the engine won't start. Um, the APU isn't doing that part of its job either. Okay, no big deal. We've got a jump starter on the ground. A little bit later, <laughs> the jump starter doesn't work either. <laughs> Look at Jason. We're never getting to California. We're off to a great start. Similar to Cody's start getting out here. And uh, so they end up stealing one from another airline. Got us jump started. And uh, after that, it was good to go. I took a little snoozy snooze on the plane. I, I went and watched the uh, the original Top Gun. Something about Danger Zone. Uh, Kenny Loggins playing at 30,000 feet in the air just, just hits different. So um, that was pretty good. So. Sure. So then uh, we get to Dallas, which is our connecting flight out to Palm Springs. And according to our boarding passes, we were supposed to go to gate A26. So, Jason, take yeah. it from there. Well, we uh i think there's actually a36 was our was our uh actual gate but we uh we docked at uh c11 so i had never been to dallas fort worth before and sam's like this is like one of the largest airports and, like you have to like like take a ride train. a train yeah to go anywhere and i was like sure whatever like so sure enough like we get off we're like all right well now we need to go to a like we were delayed taking off so now we had what was like 40 minutes before our flight was supposed to leave so, supposed to leave. Supposed to leave, yeah. So <coughs> we go and decide, okay, go up to the top, get on the train, take it over there to the uh, A terminal, walk over to A36, and uh, we're like, oh, they're already boarding. So we look at the uh, the boarding uh, information. It says Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We're like, that ain't right. Yeah, that's not right. Like, like, oh shit. Like, we should have looked at the uh, you know the departure sheet. So we go over there, look at it. Now we see that our gate's been changed to D1. So now it's like, okay, now we got to get back on the train and basically go almost all the way around on the train. In order Complete to other side of the, the whole the airport. The whole airport, yeah. Like, we're, like, waiting on the train. There was, a, uh, there was a worker that was standing there, and he was like, where do you guys got to go? We're like, well, Terminal D, like, uh, Gate 1. And he goes, he looks at us. He goes, what time is your flight? We're like, well, it's about, like, 20 minutes from now. He goes, well, you guys better run. We're like, oh, shit. So... We wind up uh, taking the train, gets us all the way over there. Then you have to walk, like, what was it, for forever? It was at least half a mile. And then I remember the bath, like, we both were like, all right, we're going to pee before we get on the flight. And we stopped at a bathroom, and it, they gave you the time. It's like, next bathroom is, like, four minutes away. A four-minute walk to the next yeah, bathroom. Yeah, four-minute walk to the next bathroom. I was like, okay, well, whatever. So 
we literally like walked over to the gate, and then at that point in time, they were already loading or boarding. And Which we thought we got there just in the nick of time. Turns out Dylan's story is going to be a little bit better, but yeah. So I think they were loading like group six, and I think we were like nine. So like we just waited just a short time, and then we got basically back on the plane and delayed again. And then we got delayed again because we sat down. And they're like, oh, like the previous flight forgot to. Uh, Empty the lavatory. So we're like, oh, okay, shitter's full. Like, now we got to wait for them to dump the shitters out. So, uh, but then, I don't know, they made up the time in the air. Like, they must have hauled ass, I guess. But So, Dylan, how was your flight? It was great. Absolutely beautiful. In typical Willenberg fashion, <laughs> um, I, was, I was given instructions the day before on to board at about three o'clock well leave my house about three o'clock in the morning well you should say where you're leaving from you're leaving florida yeah we just uh i actually within the last year have moved from working at cw in illinois to florida we've opened up a second location there it's been great and cody's continued to uh support me and the business and help me out and Obviously, growing the business has been awesome. So, anyways, he flew me out from Florida, Tampa, and uh, started early, very early, and uh, surprise was my connecting flight. And I was worried, but not that worried because everybody kept making me feel like it was gonna be okay. So we uh, we fly into Houston, and I asked the uh, flight attendant which was my last ask after everybody had secu- like made it very, very clear that I'd make it there just fine. And uh, <clears throat> so I get off the plane. It's 30, row 34. I'm in the back of the plane. I'm like getting a little nervous. We land as the other flight is boarding. Once again, they tell me I'm, I'll be just fine. And like Sam and Jason said, the airport is like the second largest airport i think in but, the u.s but you didn't know. have to change terminals just gate yeah, yeah well that's fine if it's a normal <laughs> sized airport <laughs> when i talked to dylan on the phone yesterday he said i'm gonna study the map of the airport so i know how far and I it was backwards i like studied it backwards i don't know what happened <laughs> I, like, I, was, I was and then you walk and you see like signs and signs and signs and it just it seems like you're never going to make it to your your destination and i eventually finally did and uh c c37 it's the last one if you've ever been to this airport down the hall down and i get there and there's people all still sitting in their seats i was like breath of fresh air walk up to the lady i was gonna go get something to eat because i was starving because once again we started at three in the morning hadn't ate yet and I asked the lady, I was like, hey, when are you guys going to start boarding? And she said, for Palm Springs. And I, uh, yeah, she said, that, that, they're done. They're boarded <laughs> at that point. Better I, luck next time. Yeah, I, I could not get my phone out of my pocket fast enough. I, can I, I, was, I asked if I could still get on the plane. And she said, I guess. <laughs> and uh, it wouldn't scan. Everything was, seemed to be going wrong. And I finally kind of scanned and she kind of just let me on the plane and I realized actually once I was on the plane that it was definitely going to Palm Springs and I was for sure going to make it to King of the Hammers. So. You, you said like you weren't sure because the scanning situation. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, like, <laughs> and the pilot was, finally the pi- pilot finally said, all right, welcome to welcome whatever to with service Springs, to yeah. Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, dodged a bullet my, there. That was my, like, Peyton told me the day before, like, let me know when you get on your connecting flight. And that was my, like, breath of fresh air. Okay, I made it. Like, here we are, King of the Hammers 2023. So the interesting fact about your trip is you start at 3 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, jet lag or whatever. How, jet, jet lag. lag. And you end up <laughs> at 10.50 Pacific time. Yeah. So that's it, quite the swing. Yeah, and to, put in, and to put in perspective of that, they were up at th- – you left your house at 3 this morning, right? Mm-hmm. It's 10.30 California time today shooting this podcast, and you've been awake this whole time. It's better than last year. <laughs> it is 100% better than last year. <laughs> last year we were in a uh, – in a crunch time we as soon as we rolled up cody said we couldn't get here fast enough there's a lot more obstacles leading into getting here and uh there is a head waiting to be torqued and an engine ready to be put in the machine yeah so last year they uh they had a flight delay and then they had a flight elsewhere and they had to rent a car and drive and in the meantime we blew an engine up the day before so i was literally waiting on those guys to bring an engine to put an engine in and then uh once we got the engine in we had to finish shock testing which is what we've been doing since we got here on monday so talk about shock testing a little bit cody so you know when you come out here race the desert uh it's desert and rocks that's what makes this race so tough and um randy brought up a good point he doesn't we don't think that there's any style of racing out there with the speed variance of king of the hammers where you're 90 to 100 mile an hour in the desert and five mile an hour in the rocks. And that, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges. When this whole thing got started, we alluded to it in our first King of the Hammers episode a couple of weeks ago. You know, it used to just be Jeeps out here going 25, 30 mile an hour through the desert, and it just kept getting faster and faster. And now with the UTV side of things that are built to go fast through the desert from the factory... Yeah, we're helping out um, one of the factory KM guys with some tire spine stuff, and I heard upper 90s um, is what he said he was testing at in the desert, and that's that's fast. I mean, that's real fast, uh, especially when you add in about three to four foot rollers. Um, they're doing those at mid 80s, mid 70s. Last year, our suspension was really, really, really good. We made some changes to the car. Probably didn't um, get on top of the suspension early enough this year with what the changes we did made make. But when we started out Monday, we were like upper 50s. And when we finished testing today, we're about 70 in the rough. So that's good. We're heading in the right direction. If we can get another 5 to 10 mile an hour out of it tomorrow, which I hope we will, we will be able to because Nate has taken it upon himself to become our uh, suspension guy along with crew chief, along with uh, RV house guy that drove his RV out here across the world. Yep. Um, he's got it kind of figured out. He hit, we're heading in the right direction. He's got his head wrapped around it. I don't. I'm just in there driving, telling him what, telling him what to do, and he's making the adjustments. So, I mean, we are racing, and every mile an hour counts. How long is the desert part of the race? How many miles? Um, I've not looked at the race course, but I think the first desert loop is somewhere around 100 miles. 96, 96 miles, they're telling me. So, so 96 miles of, of the desert loop. Five so, mile an hour will make a huge difference in oh, the course of a race. Yes, absolutely. You know, last year we were able to pass people in the desert. Um, and when we started testing this year with shocks, we we would have been getting passed in the desert, which now we're back up to, I think, where we definitely can run with people. Um, and we get a little more tuning. We should be able to start passing people again. So, 
And if if anybody's ever watched any kind of Baja off-road racing, there's so many factors that go into it. And shock technology in the past even 15 years has come a huge way, a long, long way. And there's so much that goes into it that most of us don't even understand. Yeah, you know, we're running a live valve suspension setup where it's adjusting, I don't know, so many thousand times a millisecond. The suspension's adjusting itself. And then on top of that, we were moving a crossover ring today, which is like a dual-rate spring. So we're moving a crossover ring one, one thread turn at a time. One, one thread turn at a time, moving a crossover ring. And it's changing the car big time, you know. Last year, we got the suspension so dialed in, we were passing Jeremy McGrath in the desert, which that was super cool. Yep. But, uh, you know, literally one millimeter of a turn of a ring will completely change how the car handles. And what, we learned, what we've learned over the last couple of years is, is when you're shock testing is you have to run the car. You basically keep adjusting until it gets bad. And then you go back a turn, and it's good again. <laughs> and, you know, that's basically what we did today. you got to find that ragged edge and ride it. Yep, that's exactly right. Well, so. And for the bo- best, best of both worlds, rocks yeah, and desert. Yeah, you want it to perform in the rocks and not really beat you up in the rocks um, because the rocks are gnarly. Um, me and Randy ran the full rock loop yesterday. Um, pre-ran the whole rock loop yesterday. We winched three times for sure. That we're going to have to winch. Probably. Randy says four. Yep. Hang on. I'm getting there. We winched three times for sure that we're going to have to winch for sure. We winched one other time. That was just a poor line choice. We got super turtled on a rock and uh, got kind of hung up and um, had to winch from that point on. But it wasn't for the lack of me not giving a hell to try to get off that turtled spot because I did not want to pull cable. What do you call a desert turtle? <laughs> <laughs> I can't with a <laughs> So so what you guys all need to know is we're in the food trailer with a very large audience sharpening on paper plates kind of making fun of us as we record this I want to know what you prefer. Do you prefer rocks or desert? Rocks for sure. Um so a lot of guys on the West Coast can't run the rocks and that's where we really shine. So if we can get a car that's 85 90% in the desert we can run with them in the rocks for sure. And someone asked me um, on Facebook or text or something like, "How? what are the rocks like? And here's, what, here's how I can explain the rocks. Go to your local demolition derby, right? Push all the cars in the middle, all in a pile, some of them stacked on top of each other, and then say, drive a UTV across them without flipping. That's and, how big they are. And on top of a mountain. And on top of a mountain. We can, you can watch this race live streamed, and all the aspects of it are live streamed. And anyone who's ever done any kind of off-road obstacles at all will tell you that pictures and video don't do it justice. And I alluded to Cougar Buttes on our one episode being way different than I thought it was going to be in person versus in video. And kind of the famous uh, obstacle out here is Backdoor, which they took out of the race course this year. And if you just look at it, it doesn't look that bad, but then when you get up on it, there's a hole six feet deep in front of it that you have to get up to. That's and it's undercut on top of that. And it's it's literally impossible for a UTV. Um, but it's just the kind of stuff you see will blow your mind. And then to come see it out here in person, it just looks like it's not even possible. I think yeah. I should say, too, that the uh, this year the qualifying 
course is actually on the rocks, on Chocolate Thunder. And the way that Dave Cole has set it up is that there may be passing on the qualifying course. Yeah, which that's kind of crazy to me. Um, it's a really, really, really technical qualifying course this year. And if anyone knows anything about me in qualifying, it's what makes me the most nervous. Um, I, I, for some reason, super dislike qualifying. Um, it's not my cup of tea whatsoever. And then he put us on this super gnarly rock section qualifying course that we go up Chocolate Thunder um, we drove up Chalk and Thunder two times. You know I'm not very coordinated, right? About to throw a beer at me here. We uh, we did pre-run up Chocolate Thunder um, two times. Drove up it one time with ease. The second time we really worked at it to get it up. And uh, completely caved the door in. And I think bruised some of my ribs because the door caved in. It bent the latch into my side and it was gnarly. So... If anyone wants some action on Monday night, Monday, Monday night, I don't know when they're going to be streaming it, watch the qualifying. It is going to be absolutely gnarly. And if we can speak about action, I'd like to uh, pause Sam in here real quick and tell us about some (laughs) bruising and some action that happened about four hours into our trip today. So um, if anyone knows Cody Willenberg, he has a very fragile spine. And uh, he gets kind of stoved up a little bit, and he – turns his whole body to turn when his neck's hurting him and i'm feeling like that right now so that's what i get for making fun of him but long story short i ran out of talent today uh so while cody's shock testing uh peyton foolishly threw me the keys to his pro r which if you know anything about the whole polaris lineup the pro r is a completely new machine it's got a four-cylinder engine with instant torque and power it's like the lamborghini of utvs and uh if anybody knows me, um, they should know never to give me the keys to anything hey, worth. I'm pretty sure that, like, when you went to go take off, we all talked about how it was a bad idea. We ran down everything you've wrecked. <laughs> I mean, and it wasn't a, a you, you second fi- conversation. You weren't finished with the list by the time I came yeah, screaming so, by you. Yeah, I mean, we were dang near wrapped up, and you were wheels up. And So, Sam, Sam just Sam. so you know, I was not one bit concerned, didn't even doubt me, you for a second, that – what was going to happen today happened. I, I would, I trusted you a hundred percent. So I took off down one way and was getting a kind of a feel for the car. And it's a completely different machine from anything that I've ever driven. Um, it twice as stable or so I thought, uh, than my machine. <laughs> Randy says I drive the pro R like a Corvette. Uh, there were no ditches involved in this one, Randy. Um, but uh, took off down one way, and then the track that Cody was shock testing on was a really nice long section of whoops. So talk about the speed you're running through there. They were talking about how much more stable it is for a stock machine than a than a Pro XP is, and they were not lying. And Trey said, give it lots of throttle. That's That's what it takes. It likes lots of throttle, which it did. It really, really liked it. Um, so I did about 70 mile an hour screaming past those guys, kind of showboating a little bit, and it was just soaking up the bumps like nothing I've ever driven. It was, it was very confidence inspiring. Yeah. So what he's talking about there is the same area where we're shock testing the race car. So we're in some really, really deep, rough rollers, and he's just blitzing across them like a trophy truck. And so 
the top speed you were hitting was like 71, 72 mile an hour in the full race car. And I did the same section at the same speed. And I went and turned around and I was thinking, why the hell aren't they running this for the race car? Like, <laughs> it, like if I can drive it that fast, like Cody can probably do 90 through here. So I turn around to come back and I was going to blast past him again on the same track, the other direction, um, which had a little bit of a left-hand turn and I cross rutted it and it got out of shape and I gave it throttle and I zigged when I should have zagged and it flopped on its left side, flopped back on its right side. And when it flopped and hit the rear right fender, it bounced up and pirouetted on the front tires. I was staring at the dirt. So I hit the throttle again and all I saw was dirt. And the next thing I know, split second later, I'm back on my wheels again with a lap full of dirt and I'm, I'm, I'm not dead. You know, all my fingers and toes work. Shut the car off. Get out. I'm like, well, there's a big bill. I'm going to have at CW Motorsports. And, uh, Towed her home. <laughs> I, uh, dust it all off. And Trey comes to my rescue. Like, you good? Like, yeah, I'm good. Hey, wait. I came down there, too. Okay. Jason came, too. Jason walked. He, he, <laughs> yeah. He blitzed past all the side-by-sides so just to run to see we were okay. We were adjusting crossovers, and no one knew Sam even rolled. We like, just thought something, we thought something broke. We, I thought, like, a tie rod broke or something like that. that that's kind of what I thought, too, because we saw, like, the big dust cloud, like, all the sand, like, whip up. And then we're like, and Nate's like, dude, I saw the bottom of the car, like, okay like and then like sam just wasn't coming back like you could see him moving like he was what probably about like half a football field away and so like all right we gotta go check on him like he he was out of the car we're looking at it and it well looked- that, that was my first goal is to get out of the car so you guys weren't running down there to my rescue thinking i was dead you should have <laughs> just got on the radio you had a radio in there well i didn't know it was working uh, my, we weren't my, even concerned about my, you. my brain was scrambled at that point no one honestly asked if sam was okay no one gave a shit so anyway, I picked up all the broken pieces, and uh, the inside looked like a sandbox, like a child's sandbox. There was so much sand, like inside on the seats, in the uh, every crevice. So Trey and Jason leave, and I'm like, "You good? Like, yeah, it runs. I'm good. I'll 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 meet you back there. We'll get it patched back wait, wait. together." We took a couple zip ties and we zip tied the panels back on. Yeah, because they were kind of hanging off, and uh, <laughs> I go to get in it, and it just vroom, just revs like. What the hell, you know? And I kind of look. All the tires I can see aren't spinning. I get out, and there's one wheel digging a hole in the front of the car. Right front is working. Every other axle on the car is broke at least at one joint, if not both joints. About that time, a Jeep rolls up and goes, is that your friend back there? <laughs> He's got one wheel drive. I'm pretty sure Cody at that point was like, hey, like, can he be your friend, not ours? <laughs> I did say that. I said, hey, yeah, that's our friend, but can he be yours, not ours? Yeah. He did stop and ask if I was good. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm getting ready to drive this out of here. And he kind of looked at me like, no, you ain't. <laughs> so... Yeah, so... Uh, so, yeah, the newest, um, most nicest. expensive car on the lake bed, Sam rolled today. So Totaled. It's all good, you know. That stuff happens. And uh, lesson to anyone that has UTVs at home, don't let people drive them that aren't experienced because even when you let experienced people drive them, shit goes south. And it, it goes south in a hurry when something has... How, how much horsepower has that thing got? 235. 235 horsepower in a car that weighs... No more than any other oh, razor. You, it's the Lamborghini of UTVs. It is. It is insane. What, what's your Pro XP compared to that? 
Mine's 183. Yeah. Um, uh, Peyton would like to point out that the women have been driving it all weekend with no issues, and I drive it for three minutes and total it. So, um, yeah, so that's what happened. Um, that was today, but, you know. But that's another, so another thing to touch on, the, your last episode when we talked about UTV safety, like, don't go anywhere without belting in. I was belted in what I would consider in trail mode, where there's some room to kind of move your body a little bit, and when you're racing, you don't. The harness should hold you in the seat so good you can't move. Uh-huh. And uh, that's what's nice about having you know a telescoping steering wheel that you can be planted well in the seat. Well, I was just going for a quick spin, and most people would go for a quick spin without belts. Well, I was belted in, and I hurt myself, but I walked away. You know, basically uninjured. I'll be sore as hell tomorrow. You hurt your bride more than anything. Well, that's that's just <laughs> obliterated. It's not hurt. It's gone. So, um, so one thing we uh, we we didn't talk about, and you know, Nate on the way out here hit a little bush and run it all the way down the side of the trailer. Oh yeah. And I've had done nothing for the last week but poke fun at him for doing that. So, since you crashed the Pro R on day one, prepare yourself for the rest of the week getting the torch handed over from me, me making fun of Nate to now me making fun of you. That's uh, that's deserved. <laughs> So that was kind of day one, you know. It's all good. Everyone walked away. Pro-R needs some axle shafts. No big deal. We're on the lake bed. Someone's going to have axles. We'll put axles in it tomorrow. Zip tie the bodywork up a little bit better. Maybe I'll do a little passenger door work so it opens and closes, and we'll keep using it the rest of the week. It's no big deal. Shit happens. Order some parts next week and get her back together. Yep, no so, big deal. So do we talk about King of the Hammers nightlife at all? Like, Yeah, we can touch a little bit about that. And That'll be another episode. Okay. We're already well, at 30 I, minutes. So. Last thing I've got is... I know a lot of people back home, especially family, wants to know when the race is and how they can watch it. And I know Jason has mentioned multiple times that it's going to be live, I think. Yeah, the race, the race will be live. And again, I mean, I've been out here for a week already, and, you know, we left like a week and a half ago to come out here. Uh, we don't race until February 9th, which is actually Thursday. So, I mean, we're five, six days yet away from, uh, from race day. So we do qualify on Monday. Um, Which will definitely be something to watch. Yes, it will be very much so something to watch. So, you know, the race is Thursday, but again, the reason I hear so long is to dial the car in. I mean, you're you're taking a UTV across the desert at very high speeds for 100 some miles, plus putting it in 60 some miles of the most gnarly rock sections in the world, and uh, try to drive it across the finish line. But the the one thing that they've done different this year is that. Before, you would have to go on Ultra Fours, like I think it was their website, and then like to get the premium package, you have to have a subscription. This year, they're streaming the whole, like the driver's meetings, the qualifying, the races, all on King of the Hammer's YouTube channel. For so, free. For free. Nice. So, nice. like I was watching, for instance, like King of the Motos, which was like last weekend, and the drone coverage that they have, like down like Spooner's Relay and whatnot, was just incredible. Like... Like, you will probably not find, like, the vast, like, area that this race covers. Like, you'll not find better coverage. Like, with all the drones they've got out there and, like, whatnot, they did, like, awesome job. So, I only expect that to continue throughout the uh, the rest of the week. Yeah, it will be. I think today we've seen three choppers flying in the air, catching footage. Um, the desert qualifying was today. So, um, we are going to pay for that service this year. We're going to pay for to have a helicopter basically follow us through the desert, get photos, pictures, things like that. So, um, 
be pretty cool. There's a lot of people that come together to put this race together, and we can talk a lot about that on another episode. So, uh, But I left you guys hanging earlier. Nate's uh, plate he held up. What do you call a desert turtle with a hard-on? Sam Derrickson. <laughs> a slowpoke. <laughs> There's the joke in the episode. So. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Yep. Bye.